the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, everyone. We're going to go to Geneva, Switzerland. Geneva. And hear the translator of Vladimir Putin. And then the translator of President Biden. Number one, people in charge. As far as who's in charge, who's a murderer, in, in American cities, every day people are killed. That includes the leaders of various organizations. And you can't say a word about it. You, you, you don't have the time to say a word and somebody's killed. You know, I, I remember... I, I remember that uh, somebody ran away and was shot in the back, for example. But fine, those are those are criminal matters. But what about what about Afghanistan? Uh, over 100 people were killed at one time. Well, let's say it's it was a mistake. Well, that happens too, from drones or helicopters. You know, clearly, uh, clearly, civilians were killed in Iraq. What is that? And who takes the responsibility for that? Who's the killer? Or at, for human rights? Listen, well, Guantanamo is still operating now. They're, and it's not in accordance with anything, not international law, not American law, not anything. But it still exists. Prisons. Prisons that were open in various countries, including in European countries, for where torture was applied. What is that? Is that human rights? I don't think so. There's hardly anybody sitting in this hall today that would agree that that is protecting human rights. That's already a practice. That's real policy. And based on these practices, we understand that this, this is done and and uh, has continued to be to be done. It's being done by people who are getting money from abroad. There's some people getting money from abroad uh, in order to further the interests of the people who are paying them. Let's continue. RT, please. One question about the Arctic. You said you talked about that. For a long time, the U.S. has accused Russia of militarizing the Arctic. We heard from Secretary of State Blinken about that in May, about concerns of Russian, the Russian military. What did you talk about? We actively discussed that in depth, in, in pretty big detail. That's a very important and interesting question. As for the Arctic all by itself in the Northern Passage, specifically, is extremely interesting for a number of countries, economically speaking. As for the concerns of the militarization of uh, Americans about the militarization of the Arctic, they are completely unfounded. We're not doing anything that wasn't happening during the Soviet Union. We are establishing an infrastructure that was destroyed. Yes, we're doing that at the modern level. It includes military and border infrastructure. And 
There are also conservation infrastructure. We are creating bases for our disaster relief services in order to, to save people in the sea, if uh, it comes to that, God forbid, and also to protect the environment. What I told our colleagues was that I don't see any concerns, quite the contrary. I'm firmly convinced that we can cooperate and we should cooperate in this area. Russia and the United States are one of the eight members of the Arctic Council. Russia is chairing that, the, uh, the Arctic Council this year. Moreover, between Alaska and Chuhotsk, there is a strait. It's a well-known strait. All right, everybody. We'll, uh, we'll tune in when uh, President uh, Biden uh, uh, speaks. I'm, I'm watching this, and the, uh, the interesting thing is, well, one interesting thing is all of the reporters are socially distanced in chairs and wearing masks. We are in the realm of theater in every arena of life. It's all theater. The press conference is theater. The reporters are actors. That's, that is what uh, we have entered. So I got to hear and you got to hear a litany of charges against the United States for human rights violations. This is the oldest Soviet and the Russian tactic. When I studied the Soviet Union in, in the 70s in graduate school uh, and read Pravda every day, that was the reason I learned Russian, what you read was who is the West to, who is the Western imperialists, who are the Western imperialists to condemn us in the uh, Sovietsky Soyuz? in the Soviet Union for human rights violations, look at what the West does, or look at what America does, the capitalist running dogs, the imperialists. And that's that was it. The, 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 this man has opponents jailed and shot. We're, uh, I don't know if we are moving in that direction. I know that opponents are jailed. There are people in jail for... for the minor infraction of trespassing, some of them in solitary confinement. This is the closest the United States has ever gotten to the Soviet Union in treatment of dissidents. The closest. I never believed that uh, that it would come to it. I wonder if he, you see, it would be fascinating if he had mentioned that. Did he? We don't know, because we tuned in when the listener tuned in. But it would be fascinating if he had said, you talk to us about treatment of dissidents? Can you explain why you have so many people who trespassed on the Capitol and are in solitary confinement in your country while um, murderers and beaters of people are allowed out because you you don't want to sentence people uh, to prison, especially people of color? And... That would be fascinating, but I, I doubt I doubt he did that. But that would be actually something I would be very curious to hear President Biden respond to. When you have a, a, a lifelong authoritarian against a budding authoritarian, you have a very sad world, 
indeed. Where shall we look for liberty if not the United States of America, correct? Do you have another, do you have a replacement for the United States as the last best hope for mankind? Would you name it? Belgium? Germany? France? United Kingdom? Australia? New Zealand? Russia? Uruguay? Canada? What will replace the United States as the great hope of mankind? On the third hour of my show today, it's uh, not often that I will just feel honored to have a guest. The North Korean woman studying at Columbia University that I spoke about yesterday and her warning that she is seeing at Columbia University a totalitarian approach to studies that reminds her of the country that she and her mother fled when she was 13. The most closed country on earth, North Korea. By the way, I learned, and I will share this with you, that she is a regular listener to this program and to PragerU. And I I can't tell you how good that makes me feel. I'm a totally non-ego issue. My ego is perfectly satisfied in life. But that we have touched a woman of this bravery and insight is gives me hope. It should give you hope. I was thinking, coming into the uh, studio, I was thinking of two things, just to give you an insight into my brain. There were two, I had two thoughts. One was about Columbia. I think I need to tweet this out. I don't tweet much. I should, but I don't. Columbia, if, if it has any honor should rename itself Indigenous Peoples University. That it continues to name itself after Columbus is a disgrace. Either it's a disgrace, the name Columbus, or it isn't. That's what Columbia University is. That's why you should always spell it with a U, not an O, as the country Colombia. This is named directly after Columbus. But if they name themselves Indigenous Peoples University, uh, very few people would apply. Very few people would donate. They want to donate to Columbia. They want to say they graduated Columbia. By the way, I did not graduate Columbia, for the record. I was in graduate school for two years and left to write a book. When running a business, HR issues can kill you. Wrongful termination suits, minimum wage requirements, labor regulations, and HR manager salaries aren't cheap, an average of $70,000 a year. Bambi, spelled B-A-M-B-E-E, was created specifically for small businesses. You can get a dedicated HR manager, craft HR policy, and maintain your compliance, all for just $99 a month. It's a lot less than $70,000 a year. With Bambi, you can change HR from your biggest liability to your biggest strength. 
15th. Your dedicated HR manager is available by phone, email, or real-time chat. From onboarding to terminations, they customize your policies to fit your business and help you manage your employees day-to-day, all for just $99 a month. No hidden fees. Cancel any time. Let Bambi help. Get your free HR audit today. Go to Bambi, B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash Prager to schedule your first free HR audit. That's Bambi.com slash Prager, spelled B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash Prager. Hi, Dennis Prager here again with a message for anyone struggling with pain. Of course, I want you to know about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that tens of thousands are now taking every day. I take it every day. I like being out of pain. But I know you may be skeptical. I certainly was. Then I kept hearing about all the people, including my wife, who were no longer in pain. So I decided to give it a try. In fact, listen to Janice's story. I was skeptical at first, but because of the pain that I was having when I would uh, substitute teach and have to climb stairs, so I have lower back, hip, and even knee pain. And after about three weeks, I found that I could climb stairs pain-free. But it wasn't only pain-free. I could do it step over step without holding on the railing. I'm really happy. It makes me feel like I'm young again. That's relieffactor.com or call conference taking place uh, in Geneva. In my opinion, the great foe of the United States, the greatest foe of the United States is the left, the American left. The second greatest is China. And then uh, Islamic terror, Iran. There are many serious foes of this country and liberty, but always the internal is the most uh, frightening. Remember when Merrick Garland was nominated, we were told what a moderate and, and fine and upstanding man he was. Do you remember that? And I, and I believed it. I, I can imagine that a liberal is, has honor and decency, and he turns out to have no honor or decency. He turns out to be a, a, a corrupt politician. Uh, it, it's actually depressing to me. He, what he's doing with, with uh, the, the the Justice Department is is just astonishing. Using it as a, as a dictator would use one to to oppose foes. The great the great threat to the United States is white supremacists. How come they don't name any? Where are they? Who are they? It, it is the world of the lie. We inhabit the world of the lie. We have we have a clip from him. Oh, good, John. 
Merrick Garland. In the FBI's view, the top domestic violent extremist threat comes from racially or ethnically motivated violent extremists, specifically those who advocated for the superiority of the white race. In the FBI's view, the top domestic violent extremist threat comes from racially or ethnically motivated violent extremists, specifically those who advocated for the superiority of the white race. Man's a thug. Merrick Garland is a thug. We have a thug running the Justice Department of the United States of America. That's a contemptible, damnable lie. It is as big a lie as has been told by an American official in American history. The man is a threat to all that is good in this country. It brings me no pleasure to talk this way. He's despicable. He's a despicable human being ruining this country as the attorney general of this country. Who are these white supremacists? They never named them. Isn't that amazing? What's the group? Because it would be laughed at when you generalize, it's easy. Give me a specific. Who are they exactly? Is it everyone who voted for Donald Trump? That's a common democratic statement. Say it. Say it. How many people voted for Donald Trump? What was the number? Say it. 75 million Americans at least are white supremacists. So say it. But they're, among other things, they're cowards. All of the leftists are cowards. Cowardice is a dominant factor on the left because who's going to hurt you? The New York Times? The Washington Post? CNN? You can't get hurt. There's nothing a leftist could say. You could say Israel's an apartheid state, America is a racist country, white supremacy is the greatest threat to America, and no one in the mainstream media will, uh, will hold you accountable to your lie. It's only people who announce that these people are liars that get in trouble. Wow. I really thought well of the guy when he was nominated. God, was I fooled. I really was. I was fooled. In the FBI's view, the top domestic violent if extremist that is the FBI, comes- By the way, if that is the FBI's view, we, you could be scared of the FBI. You have a reason for the first time in American history. The average American has reason to fear the FBI like a Russian feared the KGB. This country is in danger, my friends. And if you don't fight, then you are no better than the good folks who didn't fight in all the other countries taken over by thugs. Sorry. I rather not fight too. You know that? I'm a happy guy. I have a wonderful family life. I have great friends. I have a terrific religious life. I have a ton of hobbies. I don't want to fight. I have no choice. The dead at Normandy are calling out to me to fight. If they could die at 21, I could fight at 70. Okay? That's my view. Specifically those who advocated for the superiority of the white race. Who? You liar. Wow. So the question is, how many young people believe these lies of their country? I don't know the answer. 
I don't know. I'm going to ask this of our uh, Harvard heretic tomorrow when she's on. It's an interesting question. How many of your peers, she's in studio here, believe the lies about America? Many. You realize there's a generation that is now come to adult age that doesn't know what a free America is like, that doesn't know how good their country is. It's as if they were raised in a different country than I was. Or that, for that matter, that my children were. Forget me, my children. One eight Prager seven seven six. We'll be back. The Dennis Prager Show. Don't you get tired of commercials screaming at you to buy gold now with inflated promises on future values? In an unregulated industry, you need honest, real experts to give you solid advice to protect your wealth and top picks on the best coins and bullion. As environmental policy becomes a hot topic, one precious metal that's been significantly undervalued for years is potentially set to surge. Nick Grovich, owner of AmFed Coin and Bullion, has long recommended this precious metal. Up to 600,000 ounces of this rare metal will be needed by 2030 to produce green hydrogen. Nick is doubling down on this pick, and you should too. Call Nick at AmFed Coin and Bullion to find out more. I've been friends with Nick for years, and he's my go-to guy when it comes to coins and bullion. I trust him. That's a very big statement, by the way. Call Nick at 800-221-7694, 800-221-7694, AmericanFederal.com, AmericanFederal.com. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager with you. Vladimir Putin is still speaking in Geneva. Dictators tend to speak a long time. It is, it is one of the characteristics of, the, of a dictator. Fidel Castro used to give three-hour speeches out in the sun. He'd be in the shade, and the people listening would be in the sun. Those were the days when Sean McConnell really wanted to go to Cuba. He saw all the people coming from Cuba, and he thought, I don't know. I'm a nonconformist. I'm going to go in the other direction. And he loves the sun. Michael Goodwin in the New York Post delineates his his top ten media lies. The latest lie is to die. The latest lie to die is the false claim the feds cleared Lafayette Park of protesters last year, so then President Donald Trump could hold a photo op. The Interior Department's Inspector General says police plan to clear the park so a contractor can install a fence a decision unrelated to Trump's walk to a nearby historic church burned in a riot. Growing acceptance of the idea the COVID-19 pandemic started with a leak from a virology lab in Wuhan, China. The idea was always plausible, but the press and big tech declared it a conspiracy theory and snuffed it out of circulation. So those are two of them. He, He numbers them Eight and nine. Number one is the oldest and biggest lie. Trump colluded with Russia to win in 2016 and might be a Russian agent. 
That scam involved crooked FBI agents and led to the appointment of special counsel Robert Mueller, who took two years to conclude there was no evidence to back the charge. Line number two, the Muslim ban that wasn't. Number three, the mantra that the 2017 tax cuts were only for the rich, despite studies showing 80% of the population benefited. How about the kids in cages firestorm, complete with gripping photographs of migrant children in metal containers? That was line number four. And the hottest story going, with Democrats such as Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez rushing to the border with photogenic outrage. They vanished when it was revealed the Obama-Biden administration built the cages and the heart-wrenching photos were from 2014. Line number five was the Ukraine impeachment of Trump, a creative fiction based on a complaint from an anonymous member of the swamp who never testified. Hunter Biden's laptop, number six on my top ten. Although it rivals Russia, Russia in importance when the first when the post first showed how the contents revealed his shady foreign business deals and how his father helped him, it was not unreasonable for the Times, Washington Post and others to hold off until they could confirm the explosive information late in the campaign. But the real motivation in avoiding the story soon became apparent. The outlets that held their noses over the laptop had no trouble embracing the claim from Joe Biden's campaign that the emails on it were Russian disinformation. In what felt like a coordinated move, Big Tech instantly blocked the Post, New York Post, and other users from sharing them. The media were especially loath to report anything supporting Joe Biden's role, even though Bobulinski gave all his evidence to the FBI. That cone of silence goes well beyond bias. That is lie number seven. Finally, the tenth lie remains active, so the truth has not fully emerged. The subject is ballot integrity, which the left demonizes as improper voter suppression. Joe Biden made the astonishing claim that demands for photo ID are the new Jim Crow. Naturally, his claim was magnified by the media, with CNN creating a logo declaring voting rights under attack. Even the normally sober Pew Trusts said, Republican wave of voting restrictions swells. His uh, top ten lies. Michael Goodwin in the New York Post. Yes, that's a good point. He didn't mention Charlottesville. There are so many others he could have mentioned. Yes. Officer Sicknick. Killed by a fire extinguisher. Hydroxychloroquine doesn't work. Ivermectin doesn't work. There are no therapeutics. That happened a hundred years ago. Hi, everybody. I'm talking about even off off air. I'm talking about these events, as you just heard. I'm Dennis Prager. I thank you for being with me. We're waiting for uh, President Biden to speak in Geneva. 
Vladimir Putin just spoke for a long time in Geneva. And uh, I don't know if we'll cover the entire speech, because the issue will not be because he is uh, a Democrat, and I believe the Democrats are ruining the country. It'll be only if, is it interesting? I, I generally didn't play President Trump either. I don't tend to play their speeches. By the way, President Trump gave some great speeches. Great. Like in Warsaw, where he defended Western civilization. And the New York Times and others declared defense of the West to be a form of white supremacy. It's like the professor of music, the black professor of music, black leftist, who said that Beethoven is only celebrated because he's white. I actually should give you the the quote. If that's what young people are learning, Shakespeare was great only because white people said he's great. Beethoven was great only because white people said he was great. First of all, it's a lie, since people all over the world, non-whites, devour Shakespeare and devour Beethoven. There are probably, per capita, more Beethoven symphonies played in Japan than in the United States. Japanese are not white. Japanese love great music. Yet, if you are a young person and that's all you've heard, why wouldn't you believe it? Here's the irony of life. With all the rebelliousness of young people, they tend to believe adults. And why wouldn't they? Your parents... Your left-wing parents, your left-wing teachers tell you that A is B and 2 and 2 is 5, then A is B and 2 and 2 are 5. You know what hurts me on behalf of young people? They won't get to hear Beethoven. They won't get to read Shakespeare. In other words, the left is depriving young people of the greatest art and literature ever ever devised the whole point of of adults is to pass on the greatest things that they were given to their children but it stopped the greatest things have stopped they took down shakespeare's mural at the university of pennsylvania english department english department because he was a white European male. That's what they said. And so they put up a Latin American lesbian female. Not because she is great, but because she's a non-white lesbian female. To raise a generation to believe that that is how you assess greatness is to end civilization as we know it. I have never exaggerated in my 35 years of radio. I am not exaggerating now. That is why it is such a danger to send your child to school. Even on selfish grounds, you should rethink sending your child to almost any American elementary school, high school, or college. There's a very good chance that they will come to loathe you and what you stand for. A very good chance.
I meet parents, one of whose children, or more than one, has contempt for them, on occasion does not even speak to them, because, let us say, they voted for Donald Trump. Has that ever happened in American history? It's not a result of Donald Trump. It's a result of the education that they got, the indoctrination. Aaron in San Pedro, California. Hello. How you doing, Dennis? Okay. Good, man. Hey, I agree. I listen to you every day. I agree with you sometimes, and I disagree. But I disagree with you on the Attorney General. He's absolutely correct about the biggest threat to this country being white supremacists. Now, not saying that all 70 million that voted for Donald Trump are racist because they're not. But there's a big group of them that are white supremacists and do not want to see what's best for this country. And, for example, that's why the Klan wears hood, because then if they took them off, you would find out that they're police officers, they're judges, they're teachers, they're cops, people that you thought were everyday citizens. Hmm. How many uh, members of the Ku Klux Klan are there now? Do you, I, I don't know the answer. Do you? No, I don't. Well, what if you found out that it was in the thousands, not tens of thousands, thousands, in a country of 330 million? Would you still think that the KKK presented a threat to the country? Absolutely, because look at what white supremacists did in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Black people couldn't get their fair shake in the white community, so they built their own community. And once they were thriving and didn't need to go outside of their community for for uh, medical care, education, the town was burnt down for no reason. And then it was covered up for all these years, and it's finally coming to light. Hmm. Well, I happen to have known about it, but that's that's not here or there. It was 100 years ago. That's a long time right. ago. The country is only 200-something years old. So why do you raise that issue? Why did you go from, is the KKK a threat to Tulsa? Well, because like you said, just like with the, with the public schools, they're being indoctrinated with less ideas. In the same way, the people from 100 years ago, what do you think they were teaching their kids? You're right. So, but, so you're making my point. Back in a moment. Well, I want to say to Aaron, thank you for calling. I mentioned to the living martyr during the break that you obviously are, are a nice guy. A good guy. And I actually, I feel for everybody on the, on the grandiosity of the lie that white supremacy is the greatest threat to the country. I must admit, I don't feel that I've led a sheltered life, when I, yet I say I've never met a white supremacist. <laughs> you know, early, early on in my career, I was uh, criticized for saying that America's the least anti-Semitic country Jews have ever lived in. And I, I know my, my Jewish history. I taught it at Brooklyn College, written books on it wrote a book on anti-Semitism, why, why the Jews. And this country has, by and large, been a blessing, despite the fact that there were quotas on Jews in places like Harvard. It was very famous 
that, Jews could not buy real estate in many areas, that the Jews could not join country clubs in many places, that they were barred from Gentile law firms. With all that, my father, who wrote his senior class thesis at the City College of New York, he wrote it on anti-Semitism in America, and he believed and taught my brother and me that we were the luckiest Jews who ever lived to live in America. And he was right. That's why a Jew wrote, God bless America. Nevertheless, when I would say this, there would be Jews who'd call me up, usually on the left, what are you talking about? You know how much anti-Semitism there is in America? And I'd say, actually, I do know how much, very little. It's a blessing to be a Jew in this country. I once gave a speech many, many years ago. I know it's many because my older son, who's now, let's see, 38, I believe. Uh, yeah, uh, he was about eight, so 30 years ago. I gave a speech near Waco, Texas, rural rural Texas. And he was at a religious uh, school, so he wore a yarmulke at, uh, all the time. And... We went to a Dairy Queen out way outside of Waco. The uh, woman saw his yarmulke, asked him what it was, explained he's Jewish and it's a religious thing to do, and she just said, God bless you, son. You keep wearing that. That is the, that is the America that I know. Not an anti-Semitic one, not a white supremacist one. The America I know is the real America. The Dennis Prager Show, live from the Relief Factor Pain-Free Studio. 